0: Welcome to Lay of the Brand, where we talk with the experts on tech marketing, creative, and PR to learn what's new, what's working, and what's next. I'm Peter Jacobs with Merit Group, and on this episode, we're looking at speaking engagements in a time of virtual events. Event organizers are still concerned with ensuring big turnouts, but for marketers and PR professionals pitching CEOs and subject matter experts as speakers, it's now a lot more challenging to line up those opportunities. And for the presenters, it's a totally different experience connecting with an unseen audience. That's why we've invited Warren Jones, CEO of Kepler Speakers and a former CMO himself, to give us his insights on what's changed when it's come to event speaking, how to make presentations more engaging, and how marketing and PR pros can get the most from virtual speaking opportunities. Warren, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. This is a pleasure, Peter. Let's start off with some background. What is Kepler Speakers all about? Kepler Speakers is one of the largest privately held speaker agencies in the world. We've been around for about 40 years. Our customers are corporations and associations across every industry vertical. And we also provide speakers for colleges and performing arts centers. We've got a roster of Thousands of speakers, including business leaders, tech innovators, media figures, adventurers, sports legends, authors, and celebrities.
0: Well, Warren, clearly the event landscape has morphed into something different. Instead of multi-day or all-day events,
1: have they changed to shorter, more targeted programs? A good question. A a few multi-day and all-day conferences have simply postponed, you know, their major annual events. So when they couldn't do them in March or April or May, they just went ahead and kicked back to next year. So they're still planning to be in-person events when they can safely reschedule. But a lot of the all-day and multi-day live events that have converted to virtual have either kept the same schedules or shortened them only a little bit. Uh, a lot of the tech people, uh, tech marketing and PR people listening probably participate in the Consumer Electronics Show that's held in Las Vegas every January. Uh, the attendance this past January was 182,000. Uh, Gary Shapiro, who's the president of the show, announced not too long ago that 2021 show will be entirely digital, but the event will still go for the full four days. Wow, so they're still going to do four days.
0: Does that mean the speaking slots will be the same lengths, or will there be more or fewer speaking slots?
1: You know, it's hard to say for uh, consumer electronics in particular. Uh, you know, one of the things that they did, it was so smart, you know, back in March when the sky started to darken, they said, look, let's build this thing for in-person, but also be able to flip a switch and go to virtual. Uh, which is exactly what they did. So it was a very, very smooth transition. Uh, But in in terms of overall in the industry uh, and as to the length of speaking slots, uh, they are trending shorter, uh, mostly to avoid screen fatigue for attendees. Uh, I was talking to the head of Microsoft's events the other day who said, quote, the hour-long general session keynote is dead. And she was referring to both virtual and future in-person events. Uh, What she sees is more specialized breakout sessions using both recorded and live stream speeches to deliver more variety and and more value to attendees. So marketing and PR people uh, who are looking for virtual speaking engagements should develop modular speech content and mini topics that will play much better in shorter virtual speeches. Um, There are, of course, fewer conferences overall during COVID, and that does mean fewer speaking slots, Uh, but marketers should stay alert for more speaking opportunities as virtual expands. And the pent-up demand for live events means there is going to be a tsunami of speaking opportunities uh, once the clouds part.
0: Well, how have presentations changed? How do you keep the audience's attention when they aren't in the room?
1: Well, we're, we're all feeling Zoom fatigue these days. It's a real thing. And you can't blame audiences because a lot of virtual speakers out there are a little ho-hum. Uh, in the virtual setting, speakers are at a disadvantage too because they can't see and feel the audience's reactions to sense whether people are engaged. But having said that, uh, marketing and PR pros uh, need to keep in mind that so much of what holds an audience's attention in, in person is just as important in the virtual world. Is your speaker's content relevant to the specific audience? Uh, have you made sure your speaker has a strong central theme or message that resonates with the audience? Um, are the visuals that your speaker uses captivating, or are they just visual noise? So you know, all these elements are really important for keeping an audience engaged, regardless of whether the appearance is live or, or whether it's digital.
0: Well, let's dig a little deeper on that. What can you do to keep that virtual audience engaged through presentation after presentation if it's an all day event?
1: Yeah, in the virtual setting, uh, marketing and PR people, I think, can use a couple of techniques with their speakers. Uh, First thing is embrace the virtual format. Don't try to force fit your speakers' on stage performance into a small screen. Instead, craft the speech just for virtual, make it shorter. Upgrade the visuals. Develop different content that will hold viewers' interest. Uh, Second, you're all marketers. Unleash the creative side of your marketing for on-screen speeches. One of our speakers at Kepler always uses a split screen. She's on one side. Her visuals are on the other. She stands up. She moves around to keep up the energy. So I recommend getting your speakers out of talking head mode. Uh, You'll see better results. And third, shift the format. Instead of a speech, open up with a few remarks, then segue to a moderated Q&A format. Uh, PR pros, you can provide the moderator with questions that will bring out your message points. Some of our top speakers at Kepler, uh, who give phenomenal speeches on stage, have completely shifted to moderated Q&A for virtual events, and it's, it's working very well
0: obviously in-person interactions are out. And one of the benefits of speaking in an event is that you can engage with the media.
1: So how can you do that when the event is virtual? It is tricky. It's great to have a sizzle video of your speaker in the virtual format. Show them in that format as opposed to being on stage. Keep it short, just one to two minutes at the most. Uh, it's a great tool, not only for building media interests before a virtual event, but also to have when you're pitching your speaker to event planners. And and just as you'd want your speaker to get face time with media on site, set up a dedicated virtual session before the speech or immediately after the speech while it's still fresh in their minds.
0: But there's the conference call rule, right? Make sure you've logged off the previous virtual session because you don't want the audience or other reporters listening in.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) The, The same caution applies.
0: Well, what else should we keep in mind? What other things can PR pros do to generate media interest?
1: Well, I think I think anytime you're interacting with media about a virtual presentation, uh, again, make the most of the virtual format. Uh, you know, use strong visuals that, that reinforce credibility, uh, stats and graphic form, uh, top quality imagery, video clips that that will engage uh, the media contacts. Uh, if it's a multi part virtual event, make sure your media contacts have an agenda based on things you know they'll be interested in. and tech check here, make sure they actually have access to the Zoom room or other breakout session. Um, I would check in with your media contacts throughout the event. Uh, Even if it's a single virtual speech, the media may have a question on the fly that would be a good one to use in the virtual Q&A window. And since reporters can't walk up to you like they can at a physical event, I'd make sure they can easily reach you by phone or text or chat, you know, throughout the event.
0: Now, let's talk about lining up those speaking slots. What are the top things PR and marketing pros need to think about when they're approaching event organizers with a speaker?
1: Well, you know, it's a, it's a great message for uh, PR people because, uh, you know, at the outset, I'd say just as a PR pro would fully research a publication or or other media outlet before they pitch a reporter, you need to fully research the event before proposing your speaker to the event planner. Uh, Pay attention to the event theme, Uh, get a sense of what's worked in the past, Uh, what other speakers have they had, what news has come out of earlier events. Uh, Are there side events or interim virtual events between their big annual events where your speaker might be a good fit? And here's the key, make your speaker especially appealing by making his or her topic as timely and up to the minute as you can.
0: Well, timeliness is obviously something that will draw attention, but how do you do that without looking
1: opportunistic? Well, I'll give you a great example. Uh, One of our most requested speakers at Kepler is Frank Abagnale, the famous con man, the subject of the movie Catch Me If You Can. Uh, Frank gives an unforgettable speech. Uh, It's entertaining. It's full of some great surprises. But these days, he also works in content about the wild increase in cyber scams during the pandemic. Uh, He gives reasons why. He gives plenty of examples of COVID scams. So, Marketers should always make sure their speaker's content is especially timely, and that really adds appeal for event planners.
0: So if you're doing outreach to try and place your CEO or other C-suite executive or an SME in an event, how do you make that speaker attractive to event planners?
1: Yeah, you know, there are a couple of things you can do. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, event planners want what audiences want. They want speakers who are truly relevant. Uh, They want compelling stories. Uh, They want insights that will inspire the audience to take action. Uh, Most speakers can do a decent job in the course of a speech, but there are very few who can deliver true takeaways that have the audience members uh, taking action. And above all, event planners want emotion. Audiences want emotion. Even in a purely business-oriented speech, Emotional moments are remembered long after the bullets on slide 32 are forgotten. Uh, We represent Aaron Ralston, the, the guy who was trapped under a rock for three days in the Utah desert, had to cut his arm off to free himself. I saw him speak at a group of conservative bankers at a financial conference last year. The emotions that Aaron had that audience feeling made his speech unforgettable, I don't recommend having your CEO sacrifice body parts, but the point is emotions more than anything else make a speech memorable for any audience. Well, that's a hallmark of a great speaker. Is there anything that's unique to virtual speaking? There are a few things. Uh, You know, what's important, uh, and again, this is in pitching event planners, uh, you got to show that you embrace the virtual format in terms of uh, delivering content. Uh, Important point to remember. A lot of event planners are still trying to figure out virtual themselves. Show them that your speaker knows how to make virtual work. And that means taking virtual production values seriously. You will stand out with event planners. You need to give them confidence that your speaker is a step above other speakers with a great virtual setup. Gotta have clear audio, good lighting, close up framing, eyes level with the camera. I can't stress this enough. You need to make sure your speaker's virtual appearance assures event planners you understand virtual you know in terms of specific coaching tips for for you to give uh, your speakers for virtual a couple of things. Um, first, you know, it, yeah, it's awkward to talk into a camera and to see and hear nothing, no feedback, no audience response at all. Uh, one suggestion is have a few, whatever you want to call them, friends and family uh, unmuted, because uh, even a minimal amount of laughs or applause can, can give your speaker some, some good uh, reassurance and feedback. Uh, and second, as tough as it may be, maintain eye contact directly with the camera this is harder than it sounds. Even a speaker who's just looking around her screen will be a distraction because she's so close to the camera. Uh, I've, I've had speakers tell me that they actually put a Post-it note with an arrow pointing into the camera lens uh, you know, on their laptop or desktop, uh, or they'll put pictures of people right around the camera lens so that they, they have a human to look at rather than just uh, an abyss. Uh, And third, make the most of Q&A. It's a great opportunity for audience engagement and interaction in virtual. And and always have a strong closing, rehearsed closing, to follow the Q&A. And the the reason I say that is if you have the final close before the Q&A, and you should have a strong wrap-up that you build to, the pauses during the Q&A can drain all the energy you've built up. You know, you have a big finish, and then somebody, the first person up, you know, asks a long-winded question, or there's this long pause before anybody's got the courage to put the first hand up. So for after Q&A, always have a high-energy final close that makes the speech
0: memorable. All right, let's pull out the crystal ball. Any signs of in-person events coming back
1: in the near future? Well, a lot of major companies and big tech players like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Salesforce, they've all decreed no live events before the second quarter of 2021. Uh, You know, some other companies and associations may feel less constrained because their events are smaller, but they still face the same issues, safety in the venue, safety of the surrounding area, safety of uh, travel to and from the event. Uh, the most recent surveys of event planners uh, show they're thinking live events are most likely to return in Q2. Uh, there's an expectation that smaller local and regional events will be the first to come back, and uh, of course, testing and vaccines will have
0: the greatest impact on timing. So is a mix of live and virtual events, something we should expect
1: going forward? Oh, it's a great question. Yeah, absolutely. You can expect it going forward. Uh, So-called hybrid events are happening already. Uh, They will be part of the next generation of events and marketers should stay on top of this. Uh, The other day, one of the top tech innovation speakers that we rep at uh, Kepler spoke on stage in a ballroom in Las Vegas to about a hundred top executives and VIP guests. They were all masked, they were all socially distanced, but 3000 attendees watched online. Uh, after the keynote the speaker came all stage, did a little in-person meet and greet again socially distanced and hopped a pr- private plane home the same day so very successful hybrid event and they will continue why is that why do you think those are going to continue post-covid whenever that is well for a couple of reasons and, and there are reasons that that should be important to marketing and, and pr people uh they should keep them in mind First, hybrid means more eyeballs. Uh, we've got an association client who was trying to decide whether to go virtual for one of their annual events. They were worried that attendance would fall off from the normal 5,000 attendees they got every year. Uh, they did go digital and they wound up with 14,000 attendees. Uh, Salesforce had their Sydney World Tour that went from 10,000 in person to 80,000 virtual. That is a game changer. So companies are now looking at fully monetizing and getting greater brand impact with these much larger virtual audiences and many more eyeballs. A second uh, hybrid or virtual only format can mean smaller or more frequent specialized events. Uh, Marketers should really seek those out. You can bring in non-competitors, partners, customers, uh, and of course you even host your own. And third, for event planners, hybrid means new content and new value for attendees without a corresponding leap in costs. And that's why I recommend that marketing PR people closely watch the evolving virtual event landscape. Uh, If so, you'll definitely spot some new opportunities for your speakers.
0: Well, that is a lot to think about. And for PR and marketing pros, a lot of opportunity. I've been talking with Warren Jones, CEO of Kepler Speakers. Thanks for being with us, Warren. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Peter. And thank you for joining us. Lay of the Brand is brought to you by Merit Group, an integrated strategic communications firm that blends the best of PR, marketing, and creative to help our clients tell their stories and build business. Got a topic suggestion or want to share feedback? Subscribe to Lay of the Brand on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review. And please spread the word and tell your friends and colleagues to tune in as well. To learn more about Merit Group, check out layofthebrand.com.